Welcome to The Burnout Show, a weekly conversation with special guests who generously share their burnout stories with us. We also chat with health and wellness experts on how to best navigate burnout when you're in the thick of it, as well as how to avoid it returning. And now here's your host, Jess Jones. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Burnout Show. Today's special guest is Dr. Jane Tornator. Jane, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Can you share a little bit about what you do and what led you down this path? Yes. Oh, goodness. You know, it's funny. I give a different answer every single time I'm asked that question, which is yeah, great. Um, it is. <laughs> so I'm a psychotherapist and I'm also just started in the past year or so developing programs to help people online so I can like reach more people with the tools that I use. And it's super exciting and super scary at the same time, you know, anytime we do something new. And what led me to this path? There's several different things that led me to this path, but I think one of my favorites is when I was just out of college, uh, my sister dragged my family to a family therapist. And uh, I was working in advertising in New York City at the time. So it was all about getting people to buy stuff. And I remember she started the session by saying this. She's like, my job, my goal is to put myself out of a job. And I'm like, what? That doesn't make any sense at all. I'm just desperately trying to keep my job, right? So um, she said, well, I work with families and help them become healthier. And then if those kids go on to have kids and they're healthier, and then those kids go on to have kids and they're healthier. She said, pretty soon, health will spread around the world and I'm out of a job. And I thought, I'm leaving advertising and I'm <laughs> going to do that. Wow. So it took me 15 years, but I wish I could remember her name because I would write her a letter and say, thank you for putting me on my life's path. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's huge. What a massive change to go from advertising to this kind of work. Yeah, that's massive. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So how did that transition go? Oh, goodness. Well, I was an English major in college, so I didn't take one psychology class, like not one. Yeah. So I had to take some classes to kind of beef up so grad schools would accept me. And yeah. I had some just fascinating classes, especially um, human sexual behavior. That yeah. was a super fascinating class. I bet. I just learned so much. And it just, every class I took, I'm like, oh, yes, this is, this is the area for me. Mm-hmm. And then I would interview schools in my area because, once again, no background. And I kept, there were a lot of schools. I was in Minnesota at the time. There were a lot of universities in, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And so I was going around talking to different departments. And one time somebody said, well, you sound like you're a family therapist kind of person. And I said, what's a family therapy? I hadn't even heard of family therapy. Yeah. So I yeah. went over to that department and it was exactly the right fit. Because what's beautiful about family or systems therapy is, and this is true in all of life, when you change one part of the system, the whole system shifts. Like we, we change one part of our thinking pattern or one belief, our beliefs shift. It's pretty miraculous if you can just go in one little area and then see the shifts in in sometimes related and sometimes unrelated areas. It's super fun. Yeah, yeah, huge impact. So can you tell me a bit about your role when you were in advertising and the kind of, 
I guess, workplace culture that you were caught up in then? (laughs) Well, it was back in 1985. So it was a while ago. Mm-hmm. And it was in New York City. So in the United States, that's pretty much the epicenter of advertising at that time. And I worked for Young and Young and Rubicam, which is one of the top agencies in, in advertising at that time. And I was a media planner. And media planners look at the numbers to see the best place to place ads for your client. Yeah. And I was dyslexic. <laughs> so I was constantly making mistakes on the numbers. And I had three different bosses and they would all call me and go, Jane, how did you come up with this budget? How did you come up with that place? And I'm like, I don't know. It worked the first time I did it. I don't know why I can't find the numbers I found. It was like really just was not the job for me. Yeah. It was super fun because as media planners, we decided like we had clout as to where the ads went. So all the clients or the, no, all the advertisers would come in and take us out to lunch. Yeah. So that was the time. I don't know if it's still true, but we would get a couple of drinks for lunch and they'd take us all the best restaurants and tickets to the theater. And it was super fun. But I also was making $12,000 a year in New York City. Yeah. So it was wow. talk about burnout. I was, I had acne all over my face. I was working mm. 50 to 70 hours a week at a job that I was really bad at <laughs> from bosses who were great, but I was really bad at my jobs. Mm. <laughs> but how I decided to finally leave that one was one, I saw the therapist and I was like, okay, it's time. But I also, I was working so hard and having no money and it was just awful. But a friend of mine decided she wanted to get a bed down in Florida, like a water bed. So we drove down to Florida and drove back. And at that time, the, we didn't have cell phones. There wasn't, there were no CD players or anything. So we just basically, basically sat in the truck in silence <laughs> for two or three days. Wow. And so I had been going, going, going. And I finally had time to sit. And I got so depressed because of all the stress that I'd been holding down by the skin of my teeth. Yeah. And not eating well. And then my body, once I gave it time, said, Jane, this is not working for you at all. Yeah. So that was my first inkling. And then I saw the therapist and I went, that's it. Therapy is the path I'm going to next. So yeah, Yeah. I totally forgot about that amazing burnout. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. So what did you want to be growing up, Jane? I wanted to be an ice cream scooper. (laughs) fantastic did you ever get to do it (laughs) I did I realized I didn't put an ice cream scooper (laughs) (laughs) I bet that was a quick realization yeah (laughs) very quick day one I'm like yeah this is this would be awful for the rest of my life it's a lot of hard work it's a hard job yes it is and I wanted to be what? I said, yes, I've done it before in, uh, you? in a role my, myself. Yeah, we have a company here called Goose Juice and I and uh, there was a lot of scooping frozen yogurt. Yeah, really hard. <laughs> <laughs> Yummy feet, hard to scoop. <laughs> Absolutely. So I imagine the work that you're doing now, particularly, you know, going through the world that we've been living in the past 18 months or so, it would be 
rewarding, yet I'd imagine quite taxing at times as well, and even tougher trying to do this work online and, you know, not having the benefit of the physical closeness to another person and also picking up on body language and other cues that you normally would be able to pick up on. So how has that been for you and has it taken its own toll? Yeah, it really has. I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, they were interviewing a therapist on the radio and she said, usually therapists are helping other people experience some kind of tragedy or some big event or some stressor. She said, Mm -hmm. usually we are not trying to figure it out at the same time as we're trying to help our clients. So, you know, we are there to help guide people through their stress when we're all really stressed out trying to figure out what to do and how to do it. So, yeah, that was really the beginning, especially like I didn't have a lot of wise words, except, yeah, I totally, I totally get where you're coming from, you know, which is can be therapeutic, but it only goes so far, right? Yeah. So Um, what I was talking with, um, I, I have a consult group of other therapists and we were all talking about burnout because therapists are experiencing burnout now. Mm-hmm. And one of them read an article that said, at this time, it's effectiveness, which keeps us from being burned out versus our compassion. Because compassion, when everybody is so stressed, the whole world is stressed, mm-hmm. we get compassion fatigue. Yeah. But if we're effective, if we see change, if our clients are doing better because of our work, then, you know, it's just, it just works better on our psyche because no therapist, and I'm sure nobody wants to feel completely ineffective and helpless to help mm. anybody change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How's it been for you? Um, for me, I'm one of those people that uh, have found our times in lockdown really productive. I don't know, a lot of people want to awesome. punch me right now because <laughs> I know it hits people oh, differently. Just before, just. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's very annoying to hear that. But um yeah, I've had other moments in my life that have been quite challenging. Whereas, you know, I personally had uh, my own struggles in 2019 and when I hit my second burnout. And so the past, you know, 18 months or so, that was kind of my lockdown 2019 for me. So the past 18 months or so, I've been, yeah, just finding really cool ways and time to get things done and um, being quite productive. And I kind of enjoy it because it forces you to stop. Events are cancelled. You can't actually go anywhere. So it kind of has forced me to look at the way I spend my time and, you know, um, the company I keep and, all of those things that I can control. So for someone that is a control freak, I think I come back to what can I actually control in this moment during lockdown? Oh, it's this. It's the way I spend my time. It's what I, um, in the education I invest in. It's the work that I get done. And, um, yeah, so I think, yeah, that's not always that to people want to hear, but that's that's been my personal experience, yeah. You know what I think is, and I work this, I Um, work with my clients a lot about this is um, people, especially women are afraid to celebrate themselves and their successes. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where we learned that, but I think that's a silly idea that we should not celebrate our successes. I think it's great because well, she can celebrate her productivity. Well, I can too. That's because, because I'm super happy with how, you know, 
So that's, yeah. I think, where we celebrate and show other people. Not, not I'm better than you, but that's not no. what celebration is. Celebration is, I'm so happy with me. Yeah. And I think that spreads health right there in the world and, yeah. and helps prevent burnout when we're celebrating even little accomplishments. Like yeah. uh, I was creating my new online program during the whole COVID daily Bob and I'd never done it before. And I'm a perfectionist. So doing new things I hate because I can't be perfect at them the first time. So it's just a struggle. So what I started doing is doing little celebrations and it so helped because I was burning myself out. I was way on the path towards burnout creating that program because I was working 10 hour days, like, you know, seven days a week. And I started saying, I did it. I did that email or I learned that program or I got that. And so I just say, I did it. I did it. Yay me. So much so just that because I need a lot of pepping up and during that program. I bet. So much so one morning I got out of bed and literally I said, yay me, I got out of bed. And I thought, wow, that that really works, that yay me thing. Yeah. I just came out of my mouth. I didn't even, but I was just so used to celebrating myself, celebrating getting out of bed, which my day started super well. Yeah, I bet. That's exactly right. And I think, you know, we have to be our own biggest cheerleaders. We're not always going to have that, you know, cheering on from other people in our lives or that validation or whatever it is that we're, you know, constantly craving. We've got to give it to ourselves. So even if it is tiny wins, even if it is getting out of bed, and look for some people, especially going through lockdown, getting out of bed is a win, you know, making the bed. I remember seeing once no matter how, bad you feel no matter how hard it is whatever it is that you're going through if you can just make your bed each day that's a, a huge win and a positive way to start the day and it's something you can go hey I did that and that's how I started yeah. my day something so small and but super a, impactful yeah it is and it's a twofer because you feel good in the morning doing it and then you go to bed at night you're like my bed's made yeah exactly yeah yeah, it's huge. Whatever we can take, it's great. So exactly. in the conversations you've had with other experts in your field, how has everyone been managing burnout themselves? People have been doing a lot of self-care, mm. like really upping the self-care. Like for me, I was an English major, so I love reading. I really, you know, I want no commute, no mm. seeing friends. I'm going to go for walks out side but it was in the winter for most of it so you know there are only so many times I'm going to see people but I really upped my reading and it felt so nourishing so everybody really just did more and more self-care and that was really and then when I would connect with people when I was feeling really down say hey I'm having a hard time and they go I am too yay I'm not alone yeah I'm not alone and having a hard time I'm not alone which I think burnout, we tend to naturally feel like one, we suck because because yeah. we're clearly doing something wrong, and two, we're the only ones who are getting burned out because we're doing it or whatever our own personal message is. Yeah. So reaching yeah. out, it's really mm. super powerful. It is because it can be quite an isolating experience, and like you said, you've got your own feelings of guilt or shame attached to it or that you're not enough you're not good enough you you know couldn't cut it you couldn't 
keep all the balls in the air or whatever it is. And um, I think it is super important to connect with other people and realise that you're not the only one, especially right now, you're not the only one going through it and it's good to reach out. Yeah. 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 Shame can't be can't stick around if we share it in a in a safe, loving environment. It just can't stick around. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you now balance the demands of a busy lifestyle to to kind of help avoid burnout happening again for you? Well, it's it's less busy now. (laughs) Um I I'm super good with boundaries. I make sure I'm I'm pretty extroverted, but I, as I get older, I need more time to myself to recharge. And especially as a therapist, it's hard to be that present for so many hours without you know re- coming into myself and nourishing myself. So I meditate, I exercise, and I get in nature whenever possible. And often I'm an extrovert, and I love people. And they say you want to do something, I'm like. No, I want to be by myself tonight because that's yeah. going to be most nourishing. So I'm, yeah. I'm really, it, it's a practice, but I'm getting better and better at better at boundaries because when I feel off balance, that's just telling me I'm, you know, that's the path to burnout. Off balance is the path to burnout. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, what are you most excited about in your life right now? Well, it's summer here in the United States. And I love swimming more than almost anything. And there's a city lake here. And every time I can, I go swim in the lake or sit in my little floaty, just sitting on the lake. Lovely. Watching the lake and watching the paddleboarders and the ducks. And it just thrills me out of my mind. Water Mm -hmm. is a very soothing, nourishing place for me. So all summer long, I'm excited about the water. Yeah. (laughs) Lovely. In my program. That's I'm very excited yeah. about that. Yeah. It's more work excitement, but it's definitely I'm doing my second go-round um yeah. in August. And I'm really I'm excited about spreading that work in the world. Yeah. Really. Yeah, fantastic. Um, what's something you've done that you're most proud of? Well, I got a PhD on unmedicated ADHD, uh, and I've dyslexia. So <laughs> I got diagnosed with ADHD as I was writing my dissertation. And I thought, and then I started a medication, which I'm off now, but I took it and I could like focus. And I thought, is this what it's like for everybody else to study? It took me like three times as long because I'm dyslexic and ADHD to do anything that anybody else was doing. But I did it. So I have major, I'm praising myself here. I got major coaching skills. Yeah. So especially now once I realized I had it, I'm like, dang, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. I can't even imagine how challenging that, that must have been. It was awful. Yeah. On top of just doing a PhD. Yeah. Wow. It was the roughest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Oh gosh. Worth it, but I would Definitely. not do it again, probably. Mm. So what keeps you up at night, good or bad? It was funny because I was listening to some of your other podcasts and I, I heard that question. I'm like, um, I've done so much work on myself that I really try to stop the worry tracks. But just last night, Jess, I thought yes. it was hysterical. 
I couldn't fall asleep because I had a super productive day yesterday. I got a lot of stuff done for my next program launch. And when that happens, my brain's like, oh, and I can do this and this and that. And my brain's like going on all the other stuff that I can be productive about. So it was hysterical. I'm like, I have an answer from Jess because I can't sleep. <laughs> it's amazing how many people I speak to and it's always like, it's ideas. It's, you know, the different things that I could do each day or the different things I could do to serve or, yeah, it's amazing how often I get that answer, which is great that it's not stress or you know an anxiety that's stemmed from something so it's kind of good that it's you know positive stuff for sure yeah Yeah. it is it used to be when I was first starting my practice and during grad school it was about money yeah I have enough money I have enough money to pay my rent and that's what would keep me up at night worry it's a powerful awake force (laughs) yeah sure is so what are you most grateful for right now Jane I'm most grateful for the people that I can really share who I am with because I don't know about other professions, but as therapists, we kind of have this belief that we should always have it together and it's not okay for us to get depressed or anxious or anything Mm -hmm. uh, or have sleep problems or anything. And because I'm a human being, I have that stuff happen to me. But when I can share them to other people, especially people who also have that high, like, yeah, we're not supposed to get depressed. Oh, you do too? Awesome. So I'm so grateful when I can be human with people and not have to be a a role or a a mask or some perfect ideal, which can't ever happen, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. Mm. It's a lot that we mostly put on ourselves. Yeah, true. (laughs) <laughs> yeah speak as a perfectionist <laughs> yeah yeah I hear you so finally Jane what's one piece of advice you'd share with someone listening today who's going through burnout themselves I think can I offer two please do well yeah. one I'm going to replay the um the small celebrations yeah celebrate small wins even if it's yeah. getting out of bed because when you're having trouble getting out of bed getting out of bed is a, as you said a huge win huge yeah. So the small cell, and the reason that works actually is it helps create dopamine in our brain. So it actually creates the the neurochemical, which is lacking when we're heading towards burnout. So mm-hmm. it works brain-wise besides motivation-wise. And the other thing I would say is I read a great book on completing the stress cycle. And it's called, I think it's Burnout, Completing the Stress Cycle. And they talked about how our bodies, until we give the body signal that you're safe now, it doesn't let go of stress. Like even if we say it's done now, it's okay. Our body still holds on to stress. Like just today, I spent four hours trying to get on the internet. I'm like, God, I don't know how to contact Jess about the internet. So this is going to be right. So I finally resolved it after four hours. Oh. And it was resolved, but my body was like, mm, mm, mm. I was all yeah. kind of strung out. And I remembered the completing the stress cycle. So I've got a little mini trampoline I got during the pandemic because yeah. my pool was closed. Yeah. And so I jumped up and down yeah. on it and just released stress. And so my body could go, oh, yeah, yeah, you're okay. Yeah. You can release that. And it was amazing. Wow. All this, I'm okay, it's done. I can I can now do the podcast, whatever. Da, da. My body 
our bodies don't speak in words. They speak in body language. Mm -hmm. So do things like this deep breaths or like tense your body muscles and then release them. They're all ways to let our body let go of stress so the burnout doesn't pile up. We can release it as it's, you know, coming at us. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Great tip. I I remember um, hearing Tony Robbins jump some trampoline before he goes on stage to speak. Does he? It just apparently he's got his own little trampoline. He jumps, yeah, gets all the good moods and chemicals, you know, moving around and then gets out there and he's pumped, ready for the session. So I love that idea. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Six people now have a trampoline because I keep talking how wonderful it is. So So if I could be a trampoline salesman, that'd be my second job. (laughs) Side hustle. There you go. (laughs) Right, right. Oh, Jane, thank you so much for your time today. It's been lovely chatting to you. Thank you, Jess. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's chat with Dr. Jane Tornator. If you're looking for some extra support with managing or avoiding burnout, the Breaking Up With Burnout mini course is available now. You'll gain access to three modules that cover life, work and burnout, which you can move through at your own pace. Head to the link in our show notes to find out more or go to theburnoutclub.com slash breakingupwithburnout. Thanks again and I will talk to you very soon. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us. If you're suffering from burnout or want some tips on how to avoid it, join our Facebook group, The Burnout Club Community. If you've gotten something out of today's episode, we'd love your review. Simply click the link in the show notes to share your thoughts. Until next time, go gently.